Hey, Bill. Hey, um, I had a question about Christian Barmore. Um, a couple plays in particular, uh, the incompletion that J.C. Jackson almost picked off and, and the ball that Kyle Duggar picked off. He was in the backfield on both of those. And especially on the Duggar one, it seemed like he, he took the center into the, into the backfield and, and the guard might have been there with him. Just that kind of power, is that rare for a rookie? And, and when did you know he might have that kind of, that kind of force right away? Um, well, I think, you know, he, uh, Christian's a strong player. He's also got good length. And um, so the combination of those two uh, things can, you know, create some power and leverage against uh, the offensive linemen. Um, Cleveland's got a pretty big group. Their guards are pretty pretty long, too. They're 6'5". Got some of the, you know, longer guys in the league. But, you know, Barmore's a powerful player. And, um you know, he's really been kind of doing that all year for us. Thanks. Yep. Question, Zach Cox, followed by Chris Bryan. Morning, Bill. Hey, Zach. Uh, a couple of the players who, who spoke after yesterday's game were really complimentary of Nikhil for his, uh, his work as a blocker yesterday. Uh, just curious what you thought uh, of Nikhil's performance in that area. It seemed like he was in the mix a lot uh, on some of those running plays. Um, he was, and um, you know, I thought it, he did a good job for us. Um, you know, Keo's got a good size and competitive blocker. Um, you know, Cleveland played a lot of loaded fronts there with, um, you know, safety and Harrison down in the box. And, and so, you know, for the receivers, somebody's got to block those guys. Um, and so that responsibility gets um, – you know, it's multiple players that have to do it, but Nikhil had had a number of opportunities to to block them, and you know, I thought he he blocked competitively. Next question, Chris Ryan, followed by Mike Reese. Morning, Bill. How are you? Hey, Chris. Um, wanted to ask you a little bit about you know peaking at the right time. One of the things that's always said about your teams is that you peak at the right time of the year just before the the playoffs and seem to have things come together is that a, a conscious thing where there's like a, a process to that or what is your your view on being um the, your best to when the, the weather kind of gets colder yeah well believe it or not chris we try to play well all the time so maybe it doesn't look that way but we actually try to so um you know, this week it, it'll just be about uh, getting ready for Atlanta and, uh, you know, another NFC team that, that we don't know very well. Uh, so we'll do our best that we can to prepare and and um, and familiarize ourselves with the players as well as the schemes and, and be ready to go um, on Thursday night. So that's really – we're trying to peak on Thursday this week. Obviously, you, you want to win each game, but is there – when you look at September or even October, is there still a process of evaluation going on so that you figure out what you want to, where you, who you want to have, where, what you want to do, you know, come November, December, January? Yeah, well, I, you, of course, you know more about your team in October than you do in September, and more in November than you do in October, as as things declare, as your you get more experience with your team and your players and how they all fit together. And then along with that, sometimes you have some um, lineup changes, whether that could be a player coming back or a player 
who's not in the lineup who was in there earlier that you have to make adjustments or some kind of compensation for. So um, that's that's all part of uh, weekly coaching, game planning in the NFL. That that happens all the time. But you learn more about your team as you as you go further down the road, and and uh, I think each year has its own own dynamics and, and its own. Um, you know, each team develops in its own unique way, and sometimes there's carryover, sometimes there isn't, or there there's similarities. Sometimes there aren't. I don't, I don't know if you know that until it's it's all over. Sometimes you just have to take it week by week and try to figure out what what that specific year that you know this year's team what we need, what we need to do, um, things that we're maybe fairly good at that we want to try to build on things that we're not so good at that we either need to improve or or maybe get rid of um, and and do something else so that's I think really something that you you kind of take week by week and then you know whenever you add it all up you can add it all up and look back on it but it's a lot more in the moment than it is us thinking about well this is where we want to be five weeks from now I don't even know who we play five weeks from now. I don't even know who's going to be playing five weeks from now. Um, a lot could change between now and then, so it's it's kind of hard to look at it that way. But you do want to keep improving every day, every week, and um, certainly at a later point in the season, hopefully some of the work that we're doing now will pay off. Thanks, Bill. You're welcome. Next question, Mike Reese, followed by Phil Perry. Uh, good morning, Bill. Um, I had a Ted Karras question, um, second time around that you've had him. What is he doing better now that maybe from the last time that he was with you after his year away? And well, Ted was pretty consistent for us and, and still is. So I, I think that's one of the great things about Ted Karras is uh, you, get, you get pretty much the same person, the same player, the same uh, level of um, communication, aggressiveness, play every single day uh, Wednesday Thursday Friday Sunday uh, but whatever it is we're doing you're gonna get uh, Ted's best and you're gonna get a, a consistent level of play um, it's not always perfect uh, like it isn't with anyone but it's pretty consistent and he's pretty dependable and he he's gonna give you his absolute best in everyone every situation so that's um, He's been like that for quite a while, probably since his you know first or second year. Once he, you know, understood everything that we were doing and and uh, was uh, familiar with all the calls and adjustments and all that, it's been pretty consistent since then. Next question: Phil Perry followed by Ben Bull. Hey, Bill, I, I wanted to ask about the post-snap connection between. Mac and Hunter. Um, we've seen Hunter score lately on, you know, a few different types of routes down in the red zone. And I just want to ask you, does, does he have the option to kind of run to open space in those situations? And if he does, how difficult is it to, to establish the connection for the quarterback and the pass catcher um, to just be on the same page when, when there is, you know, maybe a few different options available to him, if that's the case? Right. Uh, well, we, we have option routes in our offense, uh, probably like most teams do. Um, anytime you you have an option route, you've got to have space for the for the option runner to go. 
So that um, takes into account the other parts of the pattern. Um, you don't want to give a, a receiver an option and then have him beat his guy but run right into somebody else. That's not really good for anybody, the quarterback or the receiver. So if he has an option route, he would usually uh, he would have it with the space so that whichever way he wins on the option that it's clear and then routes where he doesn't have options um, he or any other receiver would need to to go to their the, you know the general area of their route uh, the technique may vary based on the leverage or the the coverage that the defense is playing but they have to to go in their to their route because there's somebody else that's um, occupying a space that or is going into a space that they need to clear out so if you have a player on the right side going out you have a player on the left side going in you can't give the guy on the right side an option to go in or they'll just run right into each other so there, there's a place for both um, and you know generally speaking if a if a team plays inside leverage on a certain coverage, uh, then you have an outbreaking route on one side that should win, and an inside breaking route on the other side that they should out leverage. And if the team's playing outside leverage, then vice versa, they'll they'll they should win the outside leverage. Um, although the the receiver is still going to run a technique to beat it, but. In, uh, on paper, the defense should win outside leverage if you're running outside, and, and we should win, in, win inside leverage if they're playing outside. Now, sometimes there's other players that help, you know, like drop into the middle and create an extra presence in there to help the outside leverage players. Uh, and then that goes to, you know, some other concept that you would need uh, to, to be able to defeat that, whether it's a double inside or or something that gets across the, the helper or, you know, something like that. Thanks, Bill. Hey, you're Next welcome. question, okay. Ben Volan, followed by Dakota Randall. Uh, good morning, Bill. Ben? Um, this offseason, you guys obviously added a lot of new pieces, free agency, the draft, rookie quarterback, and history in the league has shown that that can be difficult to do to build a team that way. And here we are, it's mid-November, and you guys – seem to have come together pretty well on, on both sides of the ball. Just what is, what has the process been like of building this team together and have, has it been any more of a challenge because of all the new pieces kind of all coming in at once? Uh, well, every year is a challenge. Every, every week's a challenge. So, um, I think that's always going to be there. Uh, the formation of this team is a little different than, than some other teams we've had recently. Um, but in the end, it's football is football. And you, you ultimately want to try to get your, your team, coaches, players, offense, defense, special teams to perform in a certain way. And, and as your team develops, um, again, as we said earlier, some things you do better than others. And you always want to try to, I would say, focus on those, um, but not to the point of being uh, easily predictable so that, that the other side of the ball can take advantage of it. So you have to create some type of balance somehow 
Uh, you just can't keep doing the same thing over and over in this league. Um, I don't think for very long. So uh, whether it's whoever the players are, wherever they came from, uh, whether they were here or not here, whatever it is, each year has its own, I'd say has its own um, development, both as units and individually, and and how that comes together and, and how, it, how it happens is unique. Um, but we just take it as it comes and try to try to make the best out of it that that we can, and try to help the players continue to improve and help our units improve. Does it feel gratifying that most of the offseason free agents seem to be working out? The, you're getting good contributions from your rookie class so far. Does that that seem gratifying for you? Yeah. Again, we'll we'll see. I think you know it's probably a later conversation right now what would be gratifying would be for us to play well and beat Atlanta and that's really what what we need to do so whatever the rest of it is or isn't I don't know we'll see we'll see how it is against Atlanta I don't know all right thanks two final questions Dakota Randall and Dan Roach hey Bill uh, I heard you talk about Kyle Pitts this morning uh, Cordell Patterson's also having a big season for the Falcons catching the ball, running the ball, and returning as always. Uh, what have you seen from him from what you've been able to watch of the Falcons? And I guess considering how you guys used him when he was there, uh, did you always feel he was capable of this kind of dual threat production? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, CP is capable of, of really, with a ball in his hands, pretty much anything on the field. Um, he's a tremendous player. Uh, we certainly saw that when we were here. He's dynamic. Uh, he can break the game open um, on kick returns, um, catching the ball, and running the ball, or a combination of both. And he's done that. He did that for us. He's done that for every team he's been with uh, in the league. And um, he's tough. Um, he's, he's a very competitive player, and, and he's got a very – good and explosive skill set. So he's a problem. Um, yeah, uh, when when you talk about Atlanta, uh, it's it's Patterson and Pitts and whatever order you want to put them in. Um, they both touch the ball a lot. Really, Patterson touches it more than Pitts does, but they're both really good. And when they get it, they're, they're a big problem. Um, but CP's having a a tremendous year, and um, I'd say no play he makes really surprises me. I've seen him make those before. He runs by guys on go routes. He takes short runs or passes and um, explosively breaks tackles or bursts through a hole and, and chews up 25, 30, or more yards uh, in a hurry. He's got excellent hands, big hands. Um, he's a big guy. He's hard to overthrow or hard to – hard for the quarterback to miss him and Ryan doesn't miss many anyway so um, he's he's an excellent target with good hands and and uh, and a strong powerful man that's very hard to tackle he's he's a, a really good football player and he and Pitts have given uh, the Falcons a lot of um, offensive production and they've also created uh, I'd say a lot of uh, opportunities for other players uh, with their 
you know, because you're just so focused on them. And you put Davis in there too, as the third guy. Like all those guys are are guys that that see the ball a lot and they're all and are all a big problem when they get it. Thank you. You're welcome. Final question, Dan Roach. Morning, Bill. Hi, Dan. Uh, just a, a general question about what you've learned and how it's evolved over the years about playing Thursday night football and what you give your team mentally and physically and how you break it down. Uh, well, it's it's really about from a coaching staff and and then to the players learning about your opponent. Um, you have less time to make decisions. You need to make, from a coaching standpoint, you you need to make good decisions. You need to make them quickly. Um, if you, you know, give the team a, a poor game plan or poor direction, then you know it's really hard for them to overcome that. So, you know, but there's you know, pressure on the on both coaching staffs to, to do that. and. And again, Atlanta's a hard team to get ready for. They they do a number of different things, uh, both offensively and defensively. And so, um, you know, you have to make the decision as to whether you're going to put your chips on. Um, they do a lot, but this is what we think they're going to do, or cover everything and and be light on something they end up doing a lot of. And so, um, and again, from the player standpoint, they you know today's. Um, Thursday for us, really, for a Sunday game, and we haven't even given them the scouting report yet. So uh, it's a, a lot of information for the players to absorb, both the individual players, the schemes, and then situational football. Um, again, another thing that, that uh, Coach Smith and, and the Falcons are very good at, so familiarizing ourselves with you know situational plays that are really different from, let's call it normal plays, um, that's you know that's something we'll have to we'll have to really um, study hard too. So it's you know, but both teams have the same schedule, so uh, you know it is what it is. But it's just you know cramming a lot of information in a short amount of time and making good decisions that you don't want to clutter things up, but at the same time you don't want to be unprepared. And uh, that's the I'd say that's the the fine line of it. Thank you. Like the jacket. Appreciate it. Thank you, Coach. Thanks, everyone. All right. Thank you.